0: Hey, Squirrel Friends, it's JVC. Be sure to catch all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on the WOW Presents Plus app. Subscribe for only $3.99 a month for all the extra hot northern tea you can handle. Start your free trial now. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, resident Judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend, spirit guide for all things Canada's Drag Race. I'm going to be joined every week by some incredible extra special guests, queens, and members of our Drag Race fam, as we recap each week's episode from top to bottom. You'll get an inside peek into what we see from up on the judges panel and al kiki with the eliminated queen of the week about her experience in the workroom and on the main stage after she done already done had hers is but before we get into it fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what spoilers so be sure to watch along with us and stay up to date on all new episodes of canada's drag race every thursday night on wow presents plus in the united states and select territories on crave in canada bbc3 in the uk and stan in australia and now ladies and gentle them start your engines and may the best woman win Hey, kitty girls! I've got an extra special guest with me today—an original, legendary club kid, and the perfect person to be recapping today's episode with me. It's one of my favorite people, James St. James. Hi, good club kid turned best-selling author, James St. James. Is oh. he? How could I leave that part out? Of course, legendary, best-selling author.
1: (laughs) Gotta remind the children. Gotta remind the children.
0: (laughs) Always. We have to edutain, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me on the pod today, James. I heard that you've spent the weekend catching up on Canada's Drag Race. What are you thinking of our queens so far? Any standouts for you?
1: Well, it is a mixed bag of nuts, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) the chaotic energy of this show is is unlike any of the other uh, Drag Race. I've seen and it's fascinating I do have some standouts I do have some favorites am I allowed to say
0: please yeah tell me
1: well you know honestly I think Boa and I would would just I can I can see running around with Boa I would Mm -hmm. I I love her to death um I think Bobo is giving me detox vibes I'm loving I'm loving Bobo uh of course jimbo i think is is my spirit animal <laughs>
0: yeah the clowns the quirky queens are the ones who are stealing your heart
1: they they really are although you know i i pianka um as a boy is just i'm, I'm living for him he's <laughs> so much uh, just confidence and just he's just so funny and just the, the stuff i've seen for from Priyanka is just pretty fabulous so i'm loving all of them um uh, I, you know, Jeffrey, your jacket game is very strong so far
0: this season. Thank you very much, James. It was it was so fun getting to play with, like, my own version of main stage drag.
1: It's true. It's true. And I'm seeing a little eye makeup uh, action going on with you. I must say, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled with, with the Jeffrey Boyer Chapman that we're seeing.
0: Oh, thanks, James. That means so much to me. You know, it's so funny because I feel like so often I get stuck in this box of people people wanting me to be this like masculine version of myself um oh, and I yeah. love it's a, and you know I mean you know me so you know that's not the truth of who yeah. I am the person that they see on RuPaul's drag race is kind, you know it's kind of a character it's the the bitchler and the snatchler it's this is I'm much more on, you know, like the blurred lines of the gender spectrum, if anything, in my real world.
2: You're
1: a big queen and we all know
0: it. I'm a big old queen, Hanny. I'm a big old uh-huh. queen. And the makeup just gets more and more interesting and intricate throughout the course of the season. About halfway through the season, um, I was so lucky to be working with an incredible makeup artist named Angie, who was a makeup artist on euphoria did you get to see oh Euphoria? oh my on HBO?
1: god yes the makeup on euphoria is absolutely, sickening so groundbreaking so amazing
0: incredible so
1: what you're telling me is that by the end of the season you will be kimchi
0: exactly yeah precisely <laughs> it just gets better and better and i love it i you know i think that people are going to have their 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 mixed bag of opinions about it but fuck it i love being able to play with like a little bit of gender fuckery every once in a while right
1: yeah and you know um brooklyn is so polished and so fabulous and is everything that i expect from her um but stacy is just a revelation to me i had no idea she was i i mean i knew who she was but i didn't know the brilliance that that was the every moment with her is just jaw-dropping
0: oh wow i'm so happy to hear that yeah i'm such i've just been such a huge super fan of stacy since since i was a kid what do you i want to know what you mean when you reference um the the chaotic energy of the show compared to the other family franchises
1: well and i don't mean this in in a negative way but the they aren't quite as polished as is the american queens and they aren't quite as uh out there as maybe uh the 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 british queens they have their own energy and it's they're fun and they're they're personality queens they're they're, Mm. they're club queens that i could just definitely see performing and hanging out and running around with they're just they're their own people you know well i
0: think you hit the nail on the head they are club queens it's so much of the culture in canadian drag culture specifically in toronto where there's not really a huge pageant scene there's not really a huge ball scene but there is you know seven days a week at any given club pre-covid in toronto you could find a drag show. So I think that's where the queens really, really cut their teeth and really um, come into themselves. And I'm so glad that you're feeling that because it was the thing that was like most evident to me from day one, stepping on set. But let's get into it. Speaking of stepping on set, we start off with the queens entering the workroom after Anastasia's elimination. And for the first time in drag race history, there is no lipstick mirror message from Star
1: what was what? What kind of message was that? Was she? Well, first of all, the fact that everybody can say the C word, I uh, and that to me, everyone is just calling everybody a C word left and right but it was a cunty little move not to have any lipstick did we
0: ever find out what the why she did that yes actually we did find out in last week's episode of the podcast i sat down with anastasia and i asked her just that and so much of it was that she felt that she had said her message to the queens on the main stage when she left and also here's a gag she hadn't watched Drag Race prior to being cast or <laughs> filming the show. So I don't think she really recognized like the importance of leaving the lipstick mirror message or like what a gag it would be when she chose not to.
1: Wait, she did? She had never seen an episode before? uh uh-uh.
0: no, she No, she was brand new to it. She said that was the one thing that she would do differently if she were to come on this time, at least give herself the opportunity of watching the show. It
1: really did make the message. It was a powerful, like, what in the hell?
0: It was a moment, honey. Uh, speaking of moments, Bobo and Boa decide to bury the hatchet from last week's drama. Rita Baga is the first to chime in and says that Toronto queens are so self-centered and that this is not... Toronto's drag race you know so let's give all the queens an opportunity to get a few words in
1: well, you know, I've um I've been to Toronto and I've I've been to the Toronto club scene and it is the New York of Canada, it really is. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Vancouver, I think of as the L.A. of Canada. Yeah. And um, so it's interesting to see that all the different types of Canadians gathered together. I think I would like to see Victoria because if it produces Jimbo, I want to yes. see what else is going on up there. You know, Well,
0: you know what's crazy about Jimbo is that there really isn't a huge um performance or like club scene in Victoria even so i think that jimbo if i remember correctly she told me that she only performs like maybe twice a month max and the majority of her drag is just you know like it's very much focused on the looks and like you know like the clownery of it but she is so i mean i would have never been able to guess that she has much less experience actually performing than one would think seeing what she's able to pull out every week priyanka Agrees with you and says that the queens in Toronto are the shit, but they're a little high and mighty and yes. the track record is not necessarily in their favor because they are dropping like flies so far. But I think that's just that's just math. Right. I mean, when you have the majority of the queens that are from Toronto, it's inevitable that some of them, you know, they're inevitably going to fall off the wagon. So
1: wait, Rita is from Ontario,
0: right? Rita Baga is from Montreal. Montreal, okay. Yeah, Priyanka is from is from Toronto. Right,
1: okay, okay, yes.
0: Yeah. So next up, we are uh, a fresh brand new day in the workroom. The queens come in singing Tainomi's rap from Not Sorry About It, which I love so much. Uh, uh, and Tainomi was shook and shed some tears. Uh, she says that she doesn't really care about Brooklyn's warning for her to get her shit together. And, you know, I mean from the perspective of just a winner, I get where she's going because so far she's certainly proving herself to be a lip sync assassin of the season. So Well, wait
1: a minute. She'd already been in the bottom twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's the thing. She is an amazing lip sync. She has no lip sync assassin. The looks haven't been there. And I, I imagine, I think that she probably could bring it, but she is in her head. And, um, yeah. uh, she really comes alive during those lip syncs, and she is a hard one to compete against.
0: Have you ever found yourself in a position like that where you feel like you have you thrive so well in one area and then you're put into another environment and are expected to do the same thing and you just can't quite tap into yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, this podcast. <laughs>
0: <up>. <laughs> I think you're doing great, James. <laughs> you're funny um so uh the alarm bells ring and up pops some rue mail with rue looking gorgeous as ever and serving us the three r's of drag reduce reuse and regina and that is when uh, regina it's the city that rhymes with fun if you're straight or a lesbian uh stacy McKenzie enters the workroom and is having a tough time remembering her lines, so maybe the pit crew will help to jog her memory. And the queens are gooped as ten pit crew members enter the workroom. Good
1: God in heaven, what? Mm-hmm. Is,
0: each one was better than the last.
1: I was flopping on the floor. Funny. The boys are—I mean, so gorgeous. Each and every one of them. I just—and uh, then we get to see their their underwear. <laughs>
0: It's just, I mean, where, where's, where's the complaint? Where's the complaint? Today's, today's mini challenge is a matchmaking game for the Queens to guess and undress the pit crew based on their undies.
1: Now this is what I didn't understand. So did they get? They saw them. They saw the underwear picture before, so they were they could remember, or was it was it were they coming in cold? I missed that. I think
0: they were coming in totally cold. I mean, I wasn't there that day, but yeah, from from what I can imagine, I think they literally just had to pick them one by one and just use their memories to hopefully not be too distracted by the massive bulges directly in their faces. But
1: I think um, I'm the the silver fan i think i liked the silvers and and the and the blues i can't remember but
0: yes, yes are we talking the, the underwear or the pit crew
1: i just i want to marry there i i can't remember what number maybe he was number six he was the tall black boy it was just so handsome oh my god you know the one i'm talking about
0: I, d- I think there's only one tall black boy. So if you're not talking about me, you must be talking about him.
1: <laughs> I'll be in a throuple with the two of you.
0: Thanks, James. What an honor. So one by one, all of the queens take their shots at pairing the proper bulges. And the winner of this week's mini challenge with the best memory is Jimbo, who wins a VIP stay and culinary experience at the Hilton Toronto. How do you think you would have done in this challenge, truthfully?
1: Oh, I I probably would have just yeah I, I i couldn't have done it there's no way I, I, would, I would be too i'd be shaking i'd be sweating i would be uh falling on the ground I, there's just i i i can't be around that many hot guys
0: so pretty much like priyanka man yeah uh, jimbo is thrilled to have finally won something and doesn't think the girls see her as a threat which is all part of her plan I, yeah, because I, jimbo,
1: I think is the one is one of the ones to watch because they. Yeah. He's always, and and as we get to the um, maxi challenge, you Mm -hmm. will see what we're talking about because you never underestimate Jimbo.
0: No, certainly not. Well, Stacy lays some harsh facts on the Queens and lets them know that Canada only recycles up to 9% of its plastics, which is why this week's Maxi Challenge is a recycling design challenge. And the Queens.
1: I have a feeling that if you compare it with America, I think not, we probably do like 0.4%. It's so sad, James. I, it is, but I have a feeling that Canada probably does a little better than us.
0: You know, I mean, I lived in, I mean, you know, I was born and raised in Canada, and it just totally depends on which city you're living in and then which, even which nation. Neighborhood Like some trash collection days will only pick up trash and recycling and some won't even touch your recycling. So I mean, I've never really been able to understand it truthfully. It's just it's just fucked up, you know, and I feel bad about using anything that's just immediately disposable. Um, but the Queens divide themselves up into groups of three, and Jimbo gets to assign the materials to each team. So For Jimbo's team, we have herself, Alona, and Tainomi as Maison Papier with the paper products. Uh, La Maison Beraga with Rita, Chiara, and Bobo, who coined themselves the Plastics. And last but not least, we have House of Rust with Priyanka, Boa, and Lemon working with metal. The queens get to work, and Bobo is pissed because she brought so many gorgeous outfits and now they have to make designs out of literal trash
1: (laughs) here's the thing too and and here's one of those it's 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 classic drag race yeah where have this situation with Bobo where she's struggling, she's struggling, she's struggling. The other girls are talking shit about her, and yet you know that once she walks down the runway she's going to pull it off. Totally. That, that's the arc, that's the story arc that's happening. So the minute I saw everyone making fun of Bobo, I kept thinking <laughs> she's going to turn it out to be fabulous. And by God, she I love that look.
0: Me too. Yeah, I agree. Um, Lemon is feeling nervous because the last design challenge landed her in the bottom two in the first episode, so she is determined. Determined to show us that she is not messy and can, can design a silhouette. Uh, and Lemon says that the collection must be individual pieces, not all looking the same. Uh, Rita Baga let's it be known that she started her drag career as a club kid. So she's super crafty and inventive and you know all about that, James.
1: Ding, 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 ding. Already, I love her. She's my new favorite. That's <laughs> club kid, Rita Baga. Yes. So
0: you know all about this because, we, I mean, you were just on my other podcast, Conversations with Others, a few weeks ago and we talk about uh, your first experience moving to New York and and starting out as a legendary club kid but you were left to your own devices so often to create your own costumes and outfits yes yes so jimbo is a force to be reckoned with because she's a theater and film costume designer so she should have an advantage in this challenge
1: and she's also clearly out of her mind yeah. <laughs> which lends itself to a challenge like this
0: it can only benefit her
1: i think it really works when you're dumpster diving
0: yeah <laughs> well her, her two teammates tainomi and alona were working towards this sherbert showgirl look and they see that jimbo is not exactly on the same page so they switch gears and decide to move towards a recycling royalty look what are you thinking you're shaking your head bad
1: idea guys yeah 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 i mean i think that if they all would have just followed jimbo's lead i i think they would have come up it would have worked out a little better for them but We're getting ahead of ourselves again. We're getting,
0: I mean, but you know, it's, I agree with you so wholeheartedly. And it's something that I bring up later on the main stage with Alona that it's like, you know, like you want to be a team player. I understand that, but you cannot fade into the background. And at the end of the day, you are here to snatch $100,000. So don't play too Canadian nicey-nice, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, the queens are talking shit about the other queens' looks, and specifically coming for Scarlet Bobo, saying she better know that lip sync because her look is not the cutest. But girl, by this point, yeah, girl. By this point, we should know that it, that that it's anyone's game, right?
1: Totally. Yes.
0: Yeah. So Stacy McKenzie returns and meets the queens on the main stage to give them a runway walk tutorial. And I mean, Stacy is like the the runway queen. Her yeah. her walk is legendary. It's incredible. Yeah. She is yeah, she is I just can't take my eyes off of her when I see her even just like walking down the hallway of the <laughs> of the studios, you know? She, she just has such a presence. She's incredible and her ability to be able to um translate little tips and tricks to the queens were so helpful. Uh we start out with Jimbo uh, seems to be having the toughest time finding a flow with her walk, but just some tiny adjustments from Stacy seem to be making a world of difference. The hands on the hips, the shoulders back.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because she um, is when she first walks out, she's sort of clomp, clomp, calm, clomp, and she's sort of doing like a comedy thing, and she's sort of not taking it seriously. And then when Stacy gives her just those few little points, the transformation is absolutely, it's its breathtaking to I see that she really takes it seriously, and I think she's most improved in the, with her walk.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Priyanka steps out onto the main stage, and she's terrified of Stacey at first, but after getting a few <laughs> critiques and adjustments on her walk, her walk is much more polished as well. Yeah, yeah. And Miss Rita Baga, I love it. She she gives life in her eyes while thinking about having a hot dog on the oh, runway. You just, you got to do what you got to do, right?
1: Uh-huh. When I think about hot dogs, I, I light up too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have so much in common. So uh, next up, it is elimination day and the queens enter the workroom. And Bobo says, I think, what is on everybody's mind. She says that no one said it was easy, but no one told her it would be this hard. Um. Rita Baga embraces the club kid look for the challenge by gagging us all with this shaved head reveal. She's doing a
1: James Dean. James, I know. She honey. took one.
0: She was saying, "She, I gotta be bold, gotta be like James." You know, the producers must have been flipping their lids when she walked onto set with the shaved head. But what, what are you going to do? Fuck continuity, right? Uh, Tainomi and Alona talk about coming out of the closet in high school. Alona came out in tenth grade, saying that her girlfriends protected her yeah. from the bullies, and that was, you know, thinking back to my own high school experience, that was pretty much the case as well. Because I, I did have so many female friends that it kind of just made me like. Even though I was bullied, of course, and I know that you were too, we've talked about this. Yeah, it kind yeah. of made me. It kind of made me, um, invulnerable to, to or at least like a like a, a form of protection from my girlfriend's boyfriends. You know, You
1: know, I, I had the exact same experience too, where uh, a lot of the girls, you know, they loved, and the boys wanted to beat me up, but their girlfriends would be like, "Don't you dare touch him!
0: Exactly. And, you know, he's my
1: friend," and exactly. so yeah. So I, I totally related to
0: that story. Oh, me too. Thank God for the fag hags, huh?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so Bobo and Rita Baga talk about the legacy of being drag mothers themselves. So uh-huh. Bobo has a lot of daughters in Ottawa. And uh, Jeanette Bobo, Scarlett's drag mother, who founded the house of Bobo, passed away shortly before Scarlett started on the show. Very sad. It's so sad, I know. And she said that she taught her all about drag and queer history and the art of performing, which is so important. And I think that something that, just queer kids across the board, even if you don't plan on ever doing drag, the importance of having somebody in your life who's a little bit older, who knows the history of our people, who can kind of like lay out before you the queer criterion collection and teach you about the importance of who we are and where we came from. It's so important. Did you have somebody like that for you in your life?
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about this on on your podcast. That's right. Where, um, you know, I've been very blessed my whole life. I've had mentors from the time I got to New York, um, and they've been very anti mame type characters. I've had mm-hmm. authors who have who have just sort of they they show they they take you by the hand and they they show you the world. And yeah. um, to have someone like that is is important. Um, and it was a really, it was a, it was a nice moment that Scarlett was able to talk about that, to talk about Jeanette. I agree. And the it was, and that's that thing that Drag Race always does. When I think of the last episode where um, it was Anastasia was talking yes. about being shot in the Bahamas, yeah. and you really, you you learn, you get to know them, and you love them, and there's mm-hmm. always that. That moment where it's it's just it's so important, and, and, and God bless World of Wonder for for allowing those moments to happen.
0: They're my favorite moments of the show. Yeah. Truthfully, I yeah. think yeah. it's what when I first started watching Drag Race years and years ago; those were the moments that captured me, that like that got that got me hooked.
1: It goes back. In one with Angina with on and, exactly. and that, that moment where all of a sudden that was the breakthrough moment for the show when you realize yeah. that this was not just about silly queens dressing up. Yeah. It's about real people who have, you know, real life experiences to share and real lessons to impart on us all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then seeing that connection start to form between Rita Baga and Boba was so beautiful because yeah. Rita says that she doesn't normally have an easy time making friends. But I feel like that's, it's just Case in point to how you do it, if you're vulnerable enough and courageous enough to open your heart and share the truth of who you are, it's inevitable that whoever you're speaking with in some way, shape or form is going to be able to connect to you and say me too, you know,
1: it's really one of those It's this was the episode where I saw them all becoming stars, I saw mm. them all becoming you know, legendary legends in, in their field. I feel like we, we're really getting to know everybody and we're seeing the friendships formed and we're seeing sort of an elevation of of who they were when they first walked in on episode one.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so next up, we uh, welcome to the main stage of Canada's drag race, Bedell, who is an incredible Canadian designer and he stops down the runway with a sickening reveal from jumpsuit to sequin tuxedo. I loved this moment
1: Yes yes, there's always got to be a reveal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so first up on the runway, we have La Maison Braga with Scarlet Bobo stomping down the runway first. So tell me what you think about Bobo's look.
1: So with Scarlet Bobo, we had that moment where where we thought that she wasn't gonna be able to pull it off. And then she walks out, and I love this. This is, you know, post-apocalyptic, you know, track to me. This is with the, the giant bee. I love the shoulders, I love the hat, how it comes together. The skirt it, sort of I, the asymmetrical line and then the middle part didn't quite do it to me mm. but all in all i love it and i love the makeup and i love how it, the makeup ties in with the things that are happening on the shoulder and the head so yes this this is a definite win for me
0: i uh, completely agree i just think the use of the zip ties and the netting is so yeah. creative and gives such a just a wow effect uh next up we have kiara serving alien realness with a dress made of this crazy tarp that looks like it has like silver shark teeth running down the sides of it what do you think of this look well
1: i like what she was trying to do i don't know that the dress she pulled the dress off Mm -hmm. Uh, i like like once again i like the makeup i like the the headpiece the the thing the the little the thing on the shoulders i'm not wild about i like the the belt but the rest of it i just i, I don't think it fit right and i don't think it flowed right yeah I, I know it was a hard material to work with but it's just um it i don't know
0: it was a choice using that material because it has no stretch to it whatsoever no real flow to it
1: i like the stuff that's happening at the very end i li- like the the, the ties and, and all of that i do too but i'm not wild about it. i'm just not wild about the material and then the way it flowed and the way it worked yeah but i do like i like the orange hands though i think that's cute instead of the gloves i thought that was nice
0: yeah i think it's beautiful i mean she's just so statuesque and so model-esque that she can really pull and I mean, she, she can pull anything off a tarp she can throw over her body like a like a brown paper bag and she still looks just stunning and then next up the last member of our house of Braga, rita bega she's serving club kid realness what do you think
1: this is my favorite look on the runway this week. I think this is absolutely fantastic. I love her makeup. I love her her the the big boa around her of, of trash. I think the whole thing, and I think that her dress works a little better than than Kiara's.
0: I agree. I think so much of it has to do with the color. First off, that she chose yeah. to paint mm-hmm. the tarp black, but it's just so it's just so much better fitted to to Rita's body than what Kiara managed to do here.
1: I think maybe Rita has has gone to the forefront with, for me personally. I think with this really um, showed me that she's she's one to
0: watch and mm-hmm. she's in it to win it. I mean, clearly she shaved her head for this challenge. Yes. And this challenge alone, so she is uh, not fucking around.
1: <laughs> it is a it is Lee Bowery. It is. um I yeah. do. I can pull out a bunch of. of you know,
0: references. I, yeah. I I agree. And that's and that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw her walk down the main stage for the first time that she knows. I mean, clearly she knows her history. Clearly, she's a very seasoned queen and she really utilizes all of the skills and tricks she's picked up over her time uh, doing drag and being uh, a club kid. And she just she brings it all to to each and every single Performance that she gives, whether it's a, a challenge or um, a design challenge, she's just so she's so creative, and it just it just shines through. Next up, speaking of shiny, we have House of Rust with Boa in this baked <laughs> potato couture look. What do you think?
1: I, I I love Boa is is one of my favorites. As I've already said, I love the colander, the the boobs that sort of open up. I think that's hysterical. I think you guys were right on point about saying that it looked like a diaper, which <laughs> is, Sort of in, in think with who she is. I can see her wearing a diaper and a big metal diaper at a club. That's, that is sort of funny. I think too, that it would have been better as a full skirt. Um, yep. And I, and I think there didn't need to be some sort of um little shrug or some sort of uh, mm-hmm. you know, tiny jacket or something. But once again, you know, her makeup is always on point.
0: So beautiful.
1: there's such a, 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 you know, comedy queen. She does pay attention to the makeup and she does bring it every time. She's a, she's a beautiful queen. The big beautiful girl.
0: I agree. She can really paint. Her blending is so beautifully done. I yeah. love what she did blending in the like the dark root uh, all the way onto her onto her forehead. It's just so yeah. It's like Selena esque vibes. I'm really digging this. And I'm um, loving that. I love that, that all three of
1: them have that sort of um the umbrella. That's me too. Like, umbrella it, it's sort of like the whiz or something i can't remember right. I don't know what vibe it is but it's it's it, maybe it's a mad max thing or something totally
0: an, an, umbrella, an umbrella that's been dipped in acid or got hit by lightning uh,
1: yes yeah. that's exactly it it's been hit yeah. by lightning mm, so this is fantastic i love this i love yeah.
0: her well speaking of the whiz maybe that is what they were going for because we have priyanka coming out looking like the tin man's wife what do you think of this
1: okay here we go
0: give it to me give it to me
1: i want to preface this by saying that i am not coming for the girls because i love all of them and i i um i think they're all fantastic and their looks are all fantastic mm-hmm. so this is so much a critique of them personally but you guys were just uh, like flipping the fuck out like thinking this was the best thing you've ever seen like you've never seen anybody in a in a, in a, in a silver dress before and <laughs> like i was like Yes, okay, but it's it didn't it it wasn't wow for me. You guys literally thought that this was the second coming of of Naomi Campbell.
0: Oh my gosh, you're so funny. Well, I don't see it. Well, I will have to say, I I do like this look, and I so much of what about it? What I so enjoyed was Priyanka's presentation because Stacy's. Uh, runway critiques yeah. really lent to Priyanka just coming out and delivering this very different uh, polished grown up couture energy that we hadn't seen from her before I didn't have the same instantaneous wow effect that Stacey uh-huh. and Brooklyn did necessarily but I did appreciate the look overall why don't we call in Stacey and Brooklyn right now so you can give them some shit <laughs> what they have to say <laughs> no 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 I'm scared of Stacey too uh-huh. You're so, are you you're so funny this is hilarious so you i was saying you're like you are the twitter troll who goes on there every day and says your your critiques are shit you guys are trash (laughs) thanks a lot james
1: and i do i I love the 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 rain coming down from the umbrella on this and i think that her face is fantastic and i love priyanka like i said i i i think i would date him out of drag i think he's so cute and he is so funny and he's just He's, he's everything you want in a drag race queen, but this look, I just, it it, it's, it is what it is, but I think it was a little basic. I'm sorry. Let's move along.
0: Well, yeah, fair enough. Let's move along um, to the last member of the House of Rust family, Lemon, coming out in this rose gold look. What do we think?
1: Well, okay. I, I like the dress. I do mm-hmm. like the dress. I appreciate what she did and how she how she made it. I think that's fantastic, and I like that it's a different color than the other girls. I do think that there should have been a, some sort of silver element in there. Um, I like the the umbrella, this the, the rose gold umbrella. Um, I didn't like the share wig. I thought I thought it was very shake and go. I thought it was. I didn't think it was as poor as we come to expect from her. So um, that I, the, the dress is a yes. The rest of the look, I, the, the face and the hair, I don't think is, is is a go.
0: I took issue with the wig as well, I, and I also took issue a little bit with Priyanka's wig. And their explanation yeah. was that they were supposed to be like caught in the rain, so they were a little like a little bit like drowned.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Rats.
0: but but that being said, Boa's wig is like stunning it's so polished and so beautiful so it's not really a cohesive look the three of the three of those you know coming together um I think Lemon looks beautiful obviously something that I wish and I understand that you know all drag is different and there's no right or wrong but I, I wish that Lemon just would have given us a little bit less boy body and a little bit more padding or a cinch or something in the waist just to give her a little bit more shape
1: I see that. I also think, though, that it's interesting that this was a different take on Lemon that we've seen, because I, what we what we get from Lemon is um, sort of New York clubby, you know, yeah. and this was this was she was trying to go for something a little more elegant and understated. And I appreciate that she tried. I just don't know that it actually I think I don't think we've seen everything we we have of Lemon yet. I think I, I agree. Yeah. I agree.
0: Overall I think she did a really I mean a, a fantastic job. This dress is beautiful and you would never guess that it was made of scouring pets.
1: I think anyone would be happy to wear this dress anywhere. Totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh well next up from Maison Papier, the House of Paper, Alona Verley. I'm dying to know what you think about these two twin looks, Alona and Tainomi. What do you think? Well,
1: I think that Alona um is relying on those shoulder pads that she did the last episode where they were, they were <gasps> the that's right episode.
0: that's correct yeah that's right
1: she did, she she has and and to me that was like okay you've done this you've seen this mm-hmm. and I didn't like the the presentation I I mean the idea of making the skirt, I can see where that you know, like you, you're very limited when you're working with metal. I mean, like it is what it is, and
0: you've got. Oh to no, this up- is paper, honey. Oh, this is wait, paper. Oh, wait, oh, oh.
1: well, in that case, forget everything. I just. a piece of crap. I do, but I do. I see what they were trying to do with the headpiece, and it, those are supposed to be like feathers coming mm-hmm. out. I, I see that. Um, but i'm I'm not a fan I, I think they both pale in comparison to what Jimbo is doing.
0: I do too James and it broke my fucking heart because all I want from Alona is for her to stand out because she's so unique she's so special she has such an incredible aesthetic. what are you saying here? But she
1: is she is a hard one to get along with I mean. and you see every episode where she's she you know and when Jimbo comes for her instead, mm-hmm. You know, look, you think you're the only one who, who can say shut the fuck up? You're mm-hmm. the only one. Can say I'm you know I'm irritated. It, it is with Yolona It's it's me 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 and you guys just fall into line and, and fuck off.
0: You know so much of it reminded me of the moment with Kine from the from the first episode where she came for Boa uh, backstage when the girls were untucking and we del- we were deliberating. And I feel like so much of it is when sometimes when people are backed into a corner and they are fearful of being sent home, they just they first off they they lash out and like their inner child comes out in a way that's not necessarily the most flattering, but it's just because they're scared you know
1: well and it's also you're you're trying to create your own moment so that you get the good as so that you get the edit you know i mean like i think everybody at this point are, are, are knows yeah. that the, the squeaky wheel gets gets the gets the more screen time and yeah. so i think everybody has that in their head but sometimes with alona i i think that it comes off as screechy and yeah. it didn't work i think she redeemed herself when with the whole arc and we'll get to it in a minute. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. But, okay.
0: Well, well, next up in from the House of Papier uh Tainomi Banks. So, I mean, if you feel one type of way about Alona as I can only imagine how you feel about Tainomi, tell me what you think.
1: Well, you no know, and here's the thing because with Tainomi, I uh love her so much. Me too. And she is such an underdog and I think she's such a fantastic character she's yes. a, a beauty and she's she just she's so in her head and you're just always wanting her to to do well you really are you, you're struggling with her and you're always pulling for her and so i'm giving her a pass on the look that i was not giving alona the pass you know i'm thinking this i i don't mind this look i think her hair looks fantastic her makeup looks fantastic and i think she pulls it off a little it's not quite as messy as, as alona's uh so i was I, i'm <sighs> I'm sorry. I it was.
0: <laughs> Can you hear me? He's sighing over here. No. know. Oh, sigh. Okay, James. Okay, James.
1: I it's the personality factor yes. um, because yes. because I love her so much. I'm giving her a pass. Um, Okay.
0: So I, I, I am, I'm partially there with you. I mean, I agree. I agree. I am obsessed with Tynelmi's personality. I think she's so watchable. She's so likable. She's so interesting. She's so confident, which I love so much. I think she has such an interesting story to tell. She has an incredible reputation in the Canadian drag scene. She's, I mean, she is, she is a force to be reckoned with. And she's somebody who has, uh, who's like a club Performer and entertainer, and when it is time to turn it on, she shuts the motherfucking house down. I mean, she's incredible. I agree. The hair and the makeup are phenomenal. I love this Corn Road um, wig. I think it's so beautiful, and it, you know, it's giving me this 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 very strong, fierce warrior princess Wakanda vibe. It's uh-huh. it's it's cleaner than Alona's look, but that being said, it just it's it's a little bit more basic. You know?
1: well, well, it's a shame because once again she does end up in the bottom
0: and yeah.
1: deservedly so. All three times, though, was it the first week or the second week where it was I, I week. Read my mind, love uh, what it Yes, me. yeah, episode two. Yeah, and she just—I mean, it was—it was like watching Dita Ritz. It was yes. like that she was giving me total Dita Ritz vibes. I mean, she can yeah. pull out all the stops when when it, when, the, when the chips are down, and I, that's what I was hoping for this week. But as we mm-hmm. keep going on, mm-hmm. let well, anyway, let's move on to
0: Jimbo. Well, let's move on to Jimbo, the one queen in this trifecta that really it's like she like s- just snatched the wow factor away from the other two and kept it all for herself because this look is wow, 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 wow. What do you think?
1: Um, I, yeah, it's it's absolutely spectacular. Someone was it you who said that she's like the whole Rose
0: Bowl? Like yes, like...
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he is a float coming down? It's
0: Pasadena, honey, and here comes Jimbo.
1: <laughs> yes. Um. I that said I wasn't that big of a fan of the belt, but I can see that that, that you had that you wanted to use that and and put it in there. So I I, I I'm in it, it sort of you can see the 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 crown and the belt are sort of tied. Mm-hmm you know itself together i love the fact that she did her shoes that Me was fantastic and that you came for her with the um with, with the white face and white chest but not the white arm i mean
0: what do you think do you agree
1: well but see i used to do that too i understand it's I used to do just do the white face, and everything else would be skin. And but I James,
0: did- you were doing that in a club in New York city. You weren't on the main stage of an, you know, international television show.
1: It's true. It's true. But I, it, it was a choice for me. To, to I that you're just just the spotlight on the face, and I think that's maybe what she was trying to do. But you're right that she she should. It looked unfinished. It looks unfinished. I
0: mean, she said that it was just because she ran out of time. Fair enough, I get it. But it would have been the thing that just would have taken it over the edge for me. Exactly. You, know? Yeah. you know, But it, but it really it, is so beautiful.
1: It is beautiful. I think that Rita wins my. The, of, of all of the queens i think Rita's the best jimbo is the second best for me
0: yeah 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 i would i would have to agree with you so so wait so does that mean that you only like wholeheartedly disagreed with us on priyanka's critique is that all that's all you have to say
1: priyanka and Lemon, I sort of disagree with you, yeah.
0: yeah. All right, okay, fair enough. Well, And
1: Chiara, and too. I mean, like, you guys liked Tiara's. I didn't like the dress, but I liked the rest of it.
0: I mean, it wasn't terrible, you know? Like, it wasn't, you know? I think that, they, I mean, deservedly so, for me at least, that, that trifecta, that group, the Plastic Queens, were the most jaw-dropping for me. They were the most interesting to watch. Right. You know, and the most cohesive. So back on the main stage... Team Plastic wins overall. And Rita Baga is the winner of the Maxi Challenge. She wins a $5,000 shopping spree at at Fabricland. I'm glad you agree with that.
1: Right on board with you, yes.
0: Completely. I mean, I went home like dreaming about that look that night. It was just so, (laughs) oh, oh, incredible.
1: You could wear that. That would be nice. Yeah, exactly, (laughs)
0: So Tynomi gets a pep talk from Bedell in Brooklyn. Brooke says that she's been in her head the entire competition. Um, yeah. She's Tynomi motherfucking Banks and she needs to remember who she is. And Bidel says that she's his favorite drag queen. And I think that this is like kind of her struggle this season is that she has so much expectation coming onto the show because she is so well known in the drag scene. That
1: oh, I can't remember when, um, when, with Deborah Cox last week was, yes. um, was, was it a uh, Starza or was it uh, Ty- who had worked with her for so long?
0: Tainomi. Tainomi was a backup dancer for Deborah Cox.
1: Yeah. So every week, Tainomi go, goes into the challenge with people, you know, rooting for her with yeah. with old friends. And so it's, it's that, that she's so in her head is is so frustrating for me because to say I'm Tainomi, you know, bangs, and I, I fucking rule.
0: Mm-hmm. And she truly does. Well, back in the workroom, the queens untuck and Maison Boraga celebrate their win. They're convinced that Tainomi is going to get a pass this week. Uh, The rest of the queens enter the workroom and they say the energy completely shifts. Uh Alona, Alona is not happy that we told her that she looks costumey. She's freaking out. She's feeling super insecure and feeling that she's going to be sent home. And that's when... Jimbo jumps in and puts her in her place which was one of your favorite moments of the episode
1: I loved it yes yes yes
0: I love seeing that side of Jimbo too I feel like so much of it came from Jimbo for the first time receiving not the most glowing critiques on the runway and she just was like fuck this shit when she got back to the workroom she was like I am not here for this right now Alona
1: well because you would think I I think in her mind she put in the most effort she was the biggest the loudest the most you know the most watchable and for that she should have She should have won. And I I can see her, the frustration in her eyes. I'm not always a big fan of the, the, the catty moments between the Queens. Neither am I. Yeah. And so I I was there for it. And I I felt like Elona should have been put in her place. And I think Jimbo was the one to do it. But, um, it and it sets us up for what comes next.
0: Definitely, yes. And I, I mean, I think that I agree with you. The, the reason I think so much of the reason why I'm not always there for the catty moments between the queens is because it opens, uh, you know, it exposes our jugulars for the fandom to jump in and share their opinions as well.
1: We know how the fans are. We know Ugh. that the fans so love dangerous,
0: <laughs> so <Yeah>. dangerous. <laughs> I do think. To
1: the, I also noticed on the main stage that Jimbo especially everyone was shivering and yeah. I've heard it was very cold on that stage
0: did I tell and you that <laughs> did I, I mention that?
1: That? <laughs> that it was something like 20 below zero on the stage and all these girls in like wearing next to nothing I, I think that also uh, contributes to everybody's mood I de- I definitely think that, that that the elements uh affect you
0: I agree well when you're on the verge of hypothermia it's like you can't yeah. always be at your best right
1: right I could, I could definitely see the, everyone's breath as they were, you know, hyperventilating.
0: I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. During during their anxiety attacks. Um, so Tainomi and Alona are not to make light of it; they're definitely having the toughest time. And it really, it, like, seeing Tainomi in tears and mm-hmm. hearing them hearing them say how they all feel like the competition is making them fucking crazy. It, this is these are the hardest. The, my favorite moments of the episode to watch are the moments where we get to see the queens connecting with each other and sharing their stories. And this is always the hardest part of the. Show. Show for me to watch. Seeing the queens go back to the workroom and burst into tears after some of the critiques mm. we give them, you know, and it's not even necessarily the that the critiques are in- too intensely harsh or anything. It's just like the overall pressure of the competition getting to you. Well, I wonder how you feel
1: as a judge when you had that moment like with Lemon where Lemon completely was hyperventilating, had to sit down, was shaking, and you you have to think like did I cause that or is that what well, do you, how do you feel after you've given someone a really harsh uh, judgment?
0: Well, that was uh that was Juice Box actually in the first episode that had that had that moment.
1: Yes, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah,
0: no. Uh, I, I mean to- how did you feel? I'm not good, James. You know, I mean, but I. But truthfully, I guess it took us all a few weeks to find our flow. Myself, Brooklyn, and Stacy. You know, um,
1: you're not somebody who it, I think it comes nat to to be bitchy and into to be critical of people. I think that you're a cheerleader for the most yeah. part. Yeah. The, I know of you. So it must be. It's sort of a hard uh, position for you to be in.
0: It is. Yeah. It's not. It's not easy. And I think it got easier throughout the course of the season as we got to know the queens and really know their strengths and weaknesses and learn how to like uh, develop a shorthand to get what we have to say across to them in, in the most concise way. But it's not easy. And yes, I did feel terrible after uh, the first episode when Juicebox had her panic attack and par- partially because I know what that's like. I mean, I've suffered from anxiety and panic attacks myself. It's got to be
1: something like when you don't realize the buttons that you're pressing and then you, ac- you, you accidentally press it and you see them mm-hmm. at a breakdown to- down like like we've seen with Tainomi, and we saw with Anastasia, you know. Right.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You know. I mean, it's it is not easy, but I think that. At the end of the day, we have to remember that this is our job. We, are, we yeah. are there to judge these queens, to critique them, to tell them the good and the bad of what they brought to the main stage each week. We are not there to just be their best friends. And I think that that's something that I would love the fans to understand, that we we love these queens. We are champions of them. We really do want the best for them. and.
1: But also, I don't. You guys aren't privy to what was going on in the in the room beforehand. I exactly. don't know how how high everyone's you know um, you know
0: anxiety, anxiety level,
1: uh, level exactly. Are. They come out and that you're you say something that that triggers them that they just were going through, but you don't realize it, and then exactly. they oh my
0: exactly self. exactly so
1: the, what happened with Alona her emotions were so high because she, she was screaming and shouting and bitching and just had that thing with Jimbo and then to come out and you know she's she's in the bottom and she she says I just can't do it I can't go against you and it's just oh. See and
0: I didn't didn't know any of that I had no idea yeah. about her yeah. about her freak out backstage you know we were sitting on the main stage deliberating at that time so yeah. I think that it's it is a blessing for the queens that they are able to show the full spectrum of who they are good bad and ugly because they have the moments to redeem themselves with the you know the moments of vulnerability And connecting with each other, but we as judges don't necessarily get that. So if you see us uh, being, uh, as some people view as too harsh or you know too critical, we don't. They you don't you don't necessarily get to see the moments in between where tears are shed and we're talking about how incredibly hard it is to have to deliver this news to these queens, you know, because we really do love them. But yeah, yeah. Um, So Tainomi, yeah, so Tainomi and Alona, they're really having the toughest time. Even Bobo is in tears. Alona says that she wanted to come represent for trans people and non-binary people, and her Culture of indigenous people, and she feels now that she's only representing dumpster divers. But like, <laughs> is that so bad? You know, because uh, I thought she, you know, at the end of the day, if it's uh, if that's what you're representing, she did a fantastic job. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when when we get to the lip sync, and it's Avril Lavigne, and it is something that is right in Ilona's wheelhouse. Yeah. It is, you know, it is
0: angsty white girl realness.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I mean, if you have chosen a song for herself i think she would have done it really was it brings out all of her strengths and you get to see all the colors of her of her cram box in this and it's not something that i think tainomi uh would choose for herself it was it was a struggle for tainomi to do an avril lavigne song and um so that's where we end up that ilona ended up really shining and really pulling out all the stops and just kicking ass.
0: She really did and I think you mentioned it's just such it was such a great arc for her this episode because she really did go from feeling so confident prior to the challenge to f- like having a complete mental breakdown backstage to you know just being so angry and then being on back on the main stage and feeling so defeated and then just to see her turn it out and the way she did. Turn
1: turn those tears into triumph is, is what she did and it it was, I mean, if if you got to go, you go out with an episode like this where we, we just see every, every shade of of Ilona, you know, that there is. Yeah, and so, I
2: agree.
1: you know, that she she went out as, as a as a true queen.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, we don't know that to be the case at, at this point, do we? Because that oh, is where that is where this portion of the pod comes to an end. So thank you You're to right. my...
1: They, 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 this is what, my, what I'm hoping happens, right?
0: <laughs> Eventually, should she not snatch that crown? So, yeah. th- thank you to my extra special guest, the legendary and iconic club kid turned best-selling author James St. James, for joining me today. Love you, Jeffrey. I love you so much, James. Come back anytime. So
1: much fun. I've never been on an episode of Toot to or Booted. I, I feel like I got to play Toot to or Boot It.
0: Uh, so exciting, James. You know what would be such a dream, too? To have you come sit on the main stage with us as a, an extra special guest host on Canada's Drag Race. I would We're love that.
1: Here, make, it we'll, we'll make it happen.
0: We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll manifest it into a reality. All right, kids, stay tuned. And I will be right back with the Eliminated Queen of the Week coming up next. Hello my divas, it's your Essex girl Cheryl Hole here Now you know I love my girl groups So I've started a brand new podcast called Girl Group Gossip Each week we discuss in depth our favourite girl groups From the Saturdays, the Girls Aloud, to the Pussycat Dolls And maybe even Desperate Housewives, you name it, we'll discuss it Joining me on the podcast, I have got some extra special guests and extra special co-hosts So tune in each week and let's have a gossip. I'm here with the one and only Tainomi Banks. Hey Tainomi, how's your head? Hello, how are you doing? My head's real good actually. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, haven't had any complaints. No, 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 No (laughs) honey, how are you, honey? It's so good to see you. I'm
2: actually good, I'm really good. Um, just in a happy place, I guess. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah, right? We'll talk more about it, obviously.
0: Let's get into it. I mean, I want to know, yeah, I want to know how you're feeling right now, but I'm so curious to know about your experience on the show. How are you feeling overall about your Drag Race journey?
2: Um, You know what? I'm feeling very grateful to Mm. this being, I guess, my first competition I've ever done in my life, Mm -hmm. um, being Canada's Drag Race. So in that itself, it's like, oh my gosh, I... I'm doing a contest and
0: or a competition and it's on TV. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) Just blessed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you like you said, this is your first time ever competing. I mean, you've you have such you're such a seasoned queen. You have such a history of drag. You've worked as a backup dancer for many years. You're one of the most respected and revered queens in all of Canada, but this was your first time ever experiencing competition or competing in drag. What? How, how was that for you? Did you feel like you were in your head or is that something that you see more clearly now from an outside perspective, just from viewing the show?
2: Oh, it's funny. Watching it back, like I have all my friends, my close friends watching it too. The first mm-hmm. thing was... Oh, we could tell you're in your head mm-hmm. thinking. You. And yeah, and like that's that was a part where I had to be like, oh shit, the whole world's watching this. And like, it, it's very weird at first because. Oh,
0: girl, it's so weird. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. I'm, like
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, um, the whole world's commenting on my thought process. Yeah. Which usually I have this thought process at home. Like, anytime I'm stressed out, I just go home, yeah. go to bed, eat, think about it and come back refreshed the next day. Mm-hmm. So the whole world really got to see me actually doubt myself, like for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the show I, I really that was and that was me. That's 100% me like I do that I tend to, uh, I guess, double think or rethink things mm-hmm. a lot of things. And going into the show I had, I thought like, I'd be enough, like, me is it she's the one so there's this all this pressure from from the judges like yourself mm-hmm. because like you just did like you you know like my background mm-hmm. and my resume and then these girls they they they're so seasoned because they've done contests i haven't so i just thought me was being enough it could have done the show and you know come out on top mm-hmm. um but i'm not like sad about it i just was like Oh, it was just—it just
0: threw me, <laughs> like a wrench was thrown, in. yeah. Well, you—you you were unquestionably enough. We are all enough, just as we are. I just think that even when we are at the top of our game, if we don't have like a groundedness or a solid foundation of just like, you know, uh, some clarity in our mental health, it's it's almost inevitable that we end up like just tapping into the energy of our inner saboteur and getting in our own way. You Jeffrey, you, that's Daniel, right there, right there. I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, right? Because I'm doing all these things and I'm like, oh, this is
2: amazing. I'm, I'm gonna kill this. And then you just, then you don't and you're like oh shit okay uh, let me let's do the next challenge oh shit okay that and you know what honestly and i'm not i don't regret anything i just mm-hmm. i just was thrown these things i was not prepared for so that it fucked me up a little bit.
0: why do you think that you hadn't had any experience competing in the past was it a choice to stay away from the pageant scene and all of those competitions in toronto yeah
2: I decided, um, I guess part of my brand, Tainomi brand, was, mm-hmm. I thought it, and it was more important for me and the next generation. I kind of, because I didn't know that this show was going to even mm-hmm. come here to Canada. So in my mind and in my plan, in my futures, was to always work hard and book myself and get these bookings, create this amazing um resume without the show and show people like oh you could do this you could do create a living. you could create a career out of drag by like the hustle and who you know your brand if you just do do the work it pays off which it did and so Mm -hmm. and then this was another thing that added to my resume but like i wasn't prepared for the competition meaning those girls were very very hungry Mm -hmm. and i just wasn't prepared in that way um People might not know when I do my shows, I have preparation. I go into studio, practice. I even show the process of it. And the show is very like, all right, today we have this, do it. All right, mm-hmm. next challenge. Today we have this, do it. Next challenge. Did it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so totally. I beautiful. I learned, I learned so much just from that, like meaning I should take more chances and be, mm-hmm. you know, be vulnerable to being silly and looking, yes. you know, and having more fun. So that's what I took from the show. I could have more fun in, in these, uh,
0: I guess, challenges <laughs> that, that we face usually. Definitely. I can take the same lesson from you without question. I think that we all put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves just knowing, you know, we were all such major fans of the franchise and of the American version of the show. And then to finally have this, our own Canadian version that I don't think any of us really ever saw coming. We may have hoped and dreamed for it, but it was was never a guarantee. And then you know, to know that we had so much to live up to, but we also weren't the American version, and Rue and Michelle weren't going to be there, and it was it was it was a lot. It was a lot to not be in our heads. But I feel like as this as the episodes went on, and and certainly as the seasons progress, I think that everybody will start to find their flow more and more so. And Brooklyn and I talk about this quite often that so many of the Canadian queens didn't really have anything to aspire to specifically outside of pageants in canada because there wasn't a canada's drag race but at the same time i feel like so many queens making it to drag race is the ultimate dream so i want to know what was the vision that you held for yourself prior to stepping foot on set with us So I just wanted to
2: expand my platform and increase, I guess, my opportunities because yeah, again, in the States and in LA and all these places, there's all these opportunities. And in Canada, I felt like I hit a ceiling and it was really hard to like get past that. Like there was just a roof, there was a roof place on top of my goals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, where can I go? Where can I go? It was, I always found these things like, where can I go? I was the go-to girl like, Oh, get Tainomi for this, get Tainomi for this. And I was finding it. I was getting not bored but like I wanted just more mm-hmm. more for myself so I knew I was like oh my god let me apply to the show I definitely I'll be able to like go to the states go to Europe go to you know like like I want to I want to expand my performance I want to make other people happy I want people to uh see me and enjoy Tainomi like so mm-hmm. doing the
0: show I I
2: knew there would be more opportunities and more open doors for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you hold, I mean, I feel like something that's so interesting to me is so many queens, when I talk to them, don't even necessarily have the intention of coming in and snatching that crown and winning that $100,000. They are just there to either create a platform for themselves or to like yourself uh, expand upon their already existing platform. Did you see yourself making it to the top? Was that an intention that you held? oh, like, I didn't, I didn't like back, you know, back,
2: go backwards on, on my goals. I was like, okay. <laughs> I did, you know what it was? I did it step by step. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me try, hopefully get on. Amazing. I just don't like to overthink things, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you're a shoe in, you're going to get it. I'm like, I don't think like that because anything happen. So I got on the show. Amazing. Um, so now I'm on the show. I'm like, okay, let me do these things. I, and all you could do because you don't know, like, Everyone, it's so emotional, and not just me. Like all the girls were so emotional, having breakdowns every moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were, we were like each other's family on the show. Mm-hmm. I know it's a competition, very much. It's a competition, but I guess it's that Canadian thing. We like console each other. We're like, okay, don't worry, girl. We're like we're our own little teammates. Like shirt mm-hmm. on. Like Priyanka could have, yeah, what well, she did. She like beat me in and so many things, and all I could do is say congratulations because all like honestly from the deep deepest of my heart I am so proud of her you know Mm -hmm. so but it's so weird it's like I know I'm in this competition and I want to win like I want to win and make every myself proud but everyone else like proud as well you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. definitely that it's there's so much it's so much pressure I just felt there was times I felt seriously overwhelmed and now now sitting back and like chilling at my house during COVID I really got to I guess reset and rebalance and Clear my mind, and honestly, those moments were fine. Like though, that's how you grow. Like mm. you hit these fences and you hit these stresses, and like you, you just have to deal with it because it makes you stronger in the end. And that's what I've learned from the experience.
0: Mm. What a great lesson to take away. That's so applicable, like universally for so many people. Um, so many of the queens were Toronto-based, so I'm sure that were so, so many of the so many of the queens were already your sisters. They were already your chosen family. I, I want to know first off was there anybody that you were just shocked to see when you when you first stepped foot into the workroom and uh and I also want to know what what was it like what was it like having this experience with your fellow sisters that this like life-changing experience on set of the first season of Canada's Drag Race
2: it's so funny um i know there's like the like internet joke where they just they said they should name the show toronto's drag
0: race
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) because pretty much from toronto so i just found it funny i i was the last one to walk in the room and when i looked over i literally was so like just shocked with the little people with a lot of them because they all kept secrets so so (laughs) me priyanka and like work at the same bar and literally the amount of excuses we came up for like just covering things and like like i literally oh boa for sure didn't had no clue me and her don't even work together and i didn't even think she would be interested in, i don't even know like i just was like wow. oh, I, I looked over i'm like oh my god boa and literally we gotten closer because of the show like i never really knew her like i knew her name i saw her sometimes but to call her friend it's now the it's honor like outside of it i'm like oh my god i'm so happy this happened because like we have something together we could share together and she's such a funny person, the sweetest mm-hmm. person I ever met, you know? So walking yeah. yeah, walking in that room was just you don't you don't realize like there's history right there being made. First show, yeah. first season, and then us being uh, being a person of color, like mm-hmm. it was so diverse, I thought, like just like amazing amount, and then you have your Quebec girls and then it's just a beautiful beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. What was your relationship with the show overall before being cast? Did you, were you a Drag Race fanatic?
2: Um, not a fanatic. I I think um, I would get scolded <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, just because in the beginning of Drag Race, when the show came out, I I was such a heavy, like I'm heavy into performance and production. So I always have my backup dancers and stuff. So I didn't even really watch a show in the beginning. I just thought it didn't help me in any way. And then mm. as years gone by, you you just find the show was introducing so many different drags from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And I honestly some of the most inspirational queens is because I've watched a show. Like Shangela mm. like she was on the show like three times and like look at her. She's like a movie star and she's such an, a great example of putting in the work, mm. do like creating yourself, like knowing yourself, right? So like there's one Batch of velour, her fashion, Bob the drag queen, like just all these people, like it, it, it is so inspiring. So, like, yeah, like now I'm always on like watching the show. <laughs> like, I want to know these walks of life and everything. And now, just being on the show, it's different because now you're part of this like whole sisterhood and this legacy. So, you know what these girls are going through. Definitely. And like, you wanna support each other in every way.
0: Yeah, definitely. There's a level of empathy that can exist from knowing exactly what it was that that uh, each queen has gone through when they, from the moment that they walk through that workroom door. Um, so you said that you felt like you had hit like the proverbial glass ceiling. Working in in Canada in Canada in Canada as <laughs> as as a, as a queen, uh, I remember having conversation with. I mean, I could relate. Certainly, I can relate. Working as a model and as an actor, I felt like there was I had only I, you know there was only so far I, I could go. Specifically, being black and queer, yeah.
2: um,
0: there was only you know there was only so many doors that were going to open for me. You know, especially ten years ago when I moved away from Canada, uh, Brooklyn has said the same when it comes to drag and dance. Was moving to the united states and getting a visa and, uh, and auditioning for rupaul's drag race ever something that you considered
2: it was definitely um uh, considered um it's scary you know like i don't yeah. want like it like i found myself juggling a little bit because i don't i didn't want to move away from my family because i'm such a mama's <laughs> boy in a way <laughs> me too um and i and I canada is safe and not just like like mentally just like I just found it safer here like mm-hmm. the atmosphere and stuff like that even though i know abuse and racism all that stuff exists mm-hmm. but at least i feel safer here and it, and so to make that move i was i was definitely on the fence um but i knew i knew that i wanted to move to la i tr- i got i had a chance last year to go to drag mm. and it was just like oh my it was next level and i just the opportunities there you could feel it in the air and the people um and so like yeah it was definitely a thing i was trying to get get to
0: mm-hmm. well it canada certainly is safer right now because here in los angeles i think that we have as many cases of covid in la county as y'all do across the entire country of canada oh, so oh you are safer <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong honey you ain't wrong um how and when did you first start doing drag
2: Now I think it's almost 13 years ago. Um, I've been doing, yeah, doing drag for 13 years. Um, I tried drag twice, and it was both on Halloween because Mm. when you're born a drag queen, it's either on Pride or Halloween. (laughs) So I'm I'm definitely a Halloween baby. Um, (laughs) um, The first time I tried it, uh, I had a boyfriend, and I looked like I guess Tina Turner mixed with Beyonce, but I named myself Kiki, and it was. And that was silly. I just went out for fun. Like, my feet were hurting. And I'm, like, literally not going to do it again. Then the second time, I literally, I had a drag mom and everything. And and we came up with a name together. Mm -hmm. She mixed up a few names. The way she did my makeup and how I dressed, I was very Tyra Banks. But Tyra Banks to me is kind of, like, crazy. And I know there's a serious side to my personality. So that's when we got Naomi Campbell and mixed names together. Me
0: too, girl. Me too. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes. So we mixed up a together and got tainomi banks and i was I like yeah we're, we're gonna stay with that and literally that the first time just having people look at you it just and like can they just want your pictures literally i was obsessed with that attention and yeah. and then i had the opportunity my friend was working in the bar and he had the the responsibility to make up a show and he got me and two other drag queens he asked me I didn't even want to do it he, he said he couldn't find a third girl he's like can you do it I'm like fine I'll get someone to do my makeup I'll help you get this show off, off the road literally that day changed my life forever <sighs> like I did that show for three years every Wednesday like I started learning makeup doing all these things like I just fell in love with it like and now it's 13
0: years later wow and it's just yeah. such a it's so deeply ingrained in who you are today it's fucking hilarious that you say that your name came from the like the quirky side <laughs> of uh of tyra banks and the more serious side of naomi campbell because that i feel like that is the amalgamation of my personality as well and my boyfriend actually calls me naomi banks for that reason it's like, you're so, you could know, be so Naomi quirky and fun. Banks. Naomi Banks, because I can be so quirky and fun, but I can be such a bitch at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I want to know, you, you certainly had a following before coming on the show, because you are so well-known and respected um, across the country in the Canadian drag scene. What has it been like for you, or have you been engaging with the fans on social media since since the show's premiered what has that been like for you how have you been navigating that
2: oh i hate when your message box is full (laughs) like oh yeah like my roommate's always like forget it forget it. you're not gonna get back to it like i i just think it's so important because like if i would switch roles like if i messaged beyonce and she literally just sent a heart back it would just change my whole, I know I'm not Beyonce, <laughs> oh, No, but I mean,
0: let I me mean close I, enough. I know, right? But like, <laughs> if,
2: if someone like her just noticed me, mm-hmm. it, makes, it makes a huge difference. So I just think it's important, like, these these kids and these people who are following me, and like, like, so, like as soon as I'm, I, I even say thank you, I'm like, thank you, I appreciate your message. How are you doing? Mm. They know I don't have all the time in the world, but just like that little message changes everything. Like the response I get back, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you noticed my message. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm a a star, but like, I haven't forgotten my roots. Like, I always think you look up to your elders because they they teach you something. And now being in this position, I'm getting into that status and that atmosphere that people look up to me. So it's like, you just, you just remember, you have to remember the people who are always by you and supported you. And I just think definitely. it's important to reach out and connect as as much as I can.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a really interesting way to navigate it. Um, had you had you spent much time in the United States uh, prior to all of this stuff? Like, I'm just I'm curious to know what if you see a difference between the Canadian drag culture versus American drag culture, or even if it's Canadian drag culture versus like uh, RuPaul's Drag Race culture.
2: Um, I noticed... Me personally, I just it's funny. I noticed in different walks of life. So, like in LA, I went there and I saw the direct shows there. It's very different. Um, mm-hmm. You have your seasoned queens, your go tos, I guess, who would be running running shows. But in Canada, like, one if someone can't get something done or be a part of something, they fight for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're we are fighters over here. And it's all mm-hmm. and it, people make jokes all the time. They're like, I've never seen. So many drag queens in one city. And it's not and it's not just in like on Church Street. It's like in the West End and the East End. Like people will find spaces and create like a, a a party or a show and everything. So everyone's involved. It's so inclusive here. And I'm not saying the same isn't. I just for me personally, because I live in it, I see it. And when I travel, everyone's so nice and like I love these shows and everything, but it's very like in New York City, you have your top queens <laughs> doing mm-hmm. things over the city where mm-hmm. canada's not set up the same in that way so and it's, not a, and it's not a bad thing it's just i just noticed there is a little bit of a difference
0: definitely no i mean i spent i guess close to a year living in toronto back in 2010 and it was one of my favorite things about being there at that time was that no matter where i went in the city and no matter what bar i went to no matter what day of the week it was i could find myself a sickening drag show exactly right. yeah so exciting um I want to know who would you have done in the snatch game?
2: Oh my God. I think I am. (laughs) Um, I was like so scared for Snatchian. I wish I did. I wish I did do it because it would have been the funniest thing. I chose two people. I chose Miss Cleo and then I chose uh, Grace Jones. And I (sighs) think I would would have done Grace Jones, if anything.
0: Oh, that would have been so fantastic. Yeah, I was watching some
2: videos of her and she's, so sexual and like mm-hmm. confident like, there's this crazy temperament about her and i don't know it's just like it read i loved it i just wanted to channel that if i if i made it, it not mm-hmm.
0: well who knows there's always all stars right <laughs> exactly what what <laughs> what would you what advice would you give to tainomi if she were going into this experience today or what advice would you give to yourself at this point if you were to walk into the workroom on all stars
2: it's funny that you asked that the first thing i'd say honestly loosen up girl yeah and have fun yeah literally like it is supposed to be a fun experience and mm-hmm. like just just honestly live your life to the fullest just do it just do it
0: yeah that's great advice. I can't remember who it was that I was talking with. One of the queens on this podcast, but I was talking about a, a note that I have on my refrigerator that I look at every single day. It was just something that Rue said one day, uh, just you know, off the cuff uh, during an episode of What's the Tea? It's just television. It's just television. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it, you know, it doesn't have to be so heavy. Um, what? So what if if any. Uh, so i was going to ask what if anything would you have done differently it would just be would just be to to loosen up
2: yeah honestly like you you notice it like um a great example would be lemon and priyanka they mm. they just there's such a charm and cuteness to them and their energy it's so full of life and it's mm. so open and they're like willing they want to be stupid and act a fool and it's so and everyone's loving it and eating it up and it's so refreshing and i think mm-hmm. Think I it didn't like I didn't have that kind of mindset. I really w- was trying not to make anyone upset that I didn't get far, and and it's not about that. You 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 read it right there. It's just television, have fun. So those that's the major thing. I I'm very happy about my experience on the show. So don't there's no confusion in that. But I literally, which I was just more fun, just more fun, and been. Um, vulnerable, like more open Mm -hmm. to looking silly and taking more chances. Mm
0: -hmm. You should be so proud of everything, every ounce of yourself that you brought to the show, Tainomi. You were fantastic. I mean, I was familiar. You were the one Canadian queen whose name I was familiar with prior to filming the first season of Canada's Drag Race. And I was so looking forward to meeting the one and only the legendary <laughs> Tainomi Banks and you did not disappoint. It was a tough competition and you know everybody brought their strengths to the table but everybody's strengths are different are different right and everybody's weaknesses are different and I think that's the fun about uh having a show like this is getting to see the whole spectrum of the of the the, the rainbow of humanity wrapped up in in one cast of queens. Um you added so much Charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to our show. You really should be so, so proud of yourself. I know that that millions of people across the world are falling in love with you in the same way that I fell in love with you. And I want yeah, I want to let you know that we all love you and we think you're doing a great job. Thank you. I yeah. I definitely
2: I love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, because you know, in the show you can you can't do that. Give me breath. <laughs>
0: yeah, like exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, can't, I can't
2: breastfeed you right now. Like, go do.
0: <laughs> and I wanted to. Believe me, I wanted to. Tainomi me. I really did. It really is one of the most challenging parts of the show, and people don't really get that. Is that we really can't. There is such a division between us and you. We really can't. You know, interact with you when you know what you see is what you get, essentially. And there's no interaction between us otherwise. I know it's so funny because it's like when you're so sensitive to energies like that like yeah
2: yeah. it's like I want it like I know and I felt it in you guys yeah and I'm like no this is like you have to just tell your mind everything's fine it's a tv show let it happen let it happen let it happen
0: anyway yeah i'm I'm
2: really thank you it was it was great meeting you like you too honey. i got to meet you you know and even now
0: (laughs) yeah you too getting to know you a little bit deeper on this level it's such a dream and i'm sure it's it's the first of many many more conversations you and you and i will have in the future um but you are forever a part of the drag race family we're all in this together right yes we are (laughs) yeah thanks tainomi can't wait to see you soon oh my gosh thank you so much i love you Love you too. Bye. Okay, Kitty Girls, thanks for following along with us. I'd love to hear from the listeners what you think, what your favorite moments are so far, who are your standouts. Share your comments on Instagram and Twitter, at World of Wonder, hashtag Canada's Drag Race Podcast. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes to all of our Queen's social pages so you'll know where to find them, along with Bedell, Brooklyn Heights, Stacey McKenzie, and myself. Once again, you can catch all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on... WoW Presents Plus in the United States and select territories, Crave in Canada, and BBC Three in the UK, and Stan in Australia. We'll see you all back here next week with another extra special guest. And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind. So if y'all don't got nothing nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JBC, and I'll see you next time. Bye.